0: Hi, welcome to the Wine Saves Lives podcast. I'm Stephen Kent Mirasu. It's Monday afternoon, Monday early evening now and and it's been a, an eventful day. We had had to get a bunch of barrels out of our uh, out of our barrel storage area in in uh, planning for the 2022 harvest. We're kind of rearranging the cellar, getting rid of a bunch of old barrels. Uh, sending them off to a furniture company. So we're offloading barrels into a big semi truck, about 240 of them or something along those lines. So we were out in the sun today uh, and it was on the heels of a absolutely wonderful weekend. The Stephen Kent Winery has been um, a brand utterly reliant upon making connections with consumers, making connections with people who love wine. That has been our model practically f- since the day we started back in 1996. We have a little bit of a wholesale presence trying to grow that. And that's something for another podcast. That's a, a, a fraught business uh, fraught business model anyway, for, especially for small wineries. Wine clubs, relationships with real people that we can touch and, and, and talk to and pour wine for is is really the kind of relationship that you build when you're small and when you're trying to make and sell wines that change people's lives wines that emotionally connect to people you can really only do that i think when you're face to face with somebody when they're in your home come tasting room um And you get an opportunity to to sit with them for a while to tell them why the wines taste the way they do, what it is that we believe in from an aesthetic standpoint. And we've had the great good fortune of being able to build relationships with several thousand people uh, who who love what we're doing, who devote hard-earned money, part of their hard-earned money to the wines that we're making. I can never adequately thank these people. They are the folks who've allowed us to do what we do. I said to, we had six different sessions over the weekend, kind of hour and a half long sessions uh, where we get a chance to talk to, to each group of people when they came through and they had a chance to try a bunch of different wines and and taste a bunch of really cool little appetizers. And, and I had a little, an opportunity to kind of talk to them uh, before things got rolling. And um, I I have been honored and humbled by the response to our wines over time. Making wine, like writing books or doing anything else that that is sort of uh, of a subjective nature that relies upon somebody taking into themselves, whether it's intellectually or from a sensory standpoint, through the mouth, through the nose, um, is... is um reliant upon having that receiver the old you know if you're not in the forest and the tree falls did it really fall kind of a thing is a philosophical argument that really kind of comes to bear in our situation if we make wine if we if we farm for a year really carefully and we make and we crush and ferment fruit for a year and age it for two years and have it be in bottle for another year. So we're talking about three years in between harvesting fruit and having the wine get to a consumer's dinner table. If we've made spectacular wine in our opinion and nobody tastes it, does that wine really exist? Uh, If the book that you spent a year writing, if nobody reads it, did it really ever happen? these are not only sort of intellectual masturbatory parlor games. It's a real thing in a way. Um, if there's nobody to take in what it is that we're making to taste the wine that we're making, the effort goes for not to be sure. But even more importantly, I think, and maybe maybe more in a more fragile way, um, are you, did did your hospitality ethos, did your um, aesthetic principles as far as winemaking go, actually have any bearing on what happened? Um, these, you know, this this kind of thing I think about relatively frequently. Um, it's it's nice when people like what it is we're doing. You know, the the the, the greatest show of respect and like. F- for what it is you're doing, is that people are willing to take their wallet out of their pocket. Uh, and and as crass as that may sound, it's it's true. It's not the it's not the end all and be all necessarily. We need enough of that to happen in order to be able to do it again the next year and the next year and the next decade and the next century. Uh, my goal, my desire, I know my winemaking team's desire, my whole team, my hospitality team's desire is to provide the world-class experiences, the best possible wine-drinking experiences that we can, and to make the best freaking wine in the world. That's the goal. Not to not to be, you know, good winemakers, not to make wines that are sometimes good, sometimes compelling, sometimes great. It's to be making a handful of wines that ultimately change people's lives. That's the goal, that's the mission. And the fact that we saw, I don't know how many people we saw, two or 300 people over the course of the weekend who came and 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 seemed to um, rally around that kind of conversation was really an, an amazing feeling, an amazing reality for us. This is a, a very competitive business, it's, there, there, are, there are thousands of good wines out there, tens of thousands of good wines out there. Like the pyramid, there are fewer great wines, and then there are far fewer iconic wines that, that have a point of view that are emblematic of that are symbolic of a winemaking philosophy an aesthetic philosophy a hospitality philosophy uh, we want to be at that little tippity top of the pyramid that's that's the goal for the Stephen kent winery i can never as i said before can never adequately repay except never, never adequately adequately repay our club members for the gift that they're giving us which is the ability to continue to do the thing that we are meant to do. And when I say we, I mean my winemaking team and my hospitality team, which is to take care of people and to take care of people in, in a way that that nobody else can. We, this is not a, um, uh, just an avocation. It's not just a vocation, it's a, it's a mission. It's we're kind of compelled to do this. I think about this, and well, though I'm not a religious person by any stretch. I, I look at us as a kind of a, a group of, of missionaries who are out there proselytizing for the good life, proselytizing for um, creating sensory connections for people, um, to expand minds and palates, to um, to give people an opportunity of tasting Things they haven't tasted before, allowing people the opportunity through these wines and th- through these hospitality experiences to have their minds open about the quality level of an area like the Livermore Valley that they hadn't really contemplated before, that that what they're experiencing is something that is as good as anything they've had before. That's that's from from you know our immodest point of view, is the thing that we're that we're, I think doing more often than not. And as we compact our line of wines and make fewer wines, those wines that we do make are gonna end up being better than we've ever made before. So that's really exciting as well. Um, it was also uh, very emotional to be able to be with people again. You know, when in Alameda County it, <laughs> recently, in alameda county we were the only county in the united states in the whole country that had a mask mandate and while i am um generally for being safe and generally for making sure that that i shouldn't say generally for i'm completely supportive of the idea of making as sure as possible that my team and our customers our guests our club members are as safe as possible when they're with us. Absolutely, 100. percent If you're the only county in the country that is um, under a mask mandate, it seems uh, odd. Let's just let's just leave it at that. It's been a very difficult and trying last two plus years, as everybody knows. Um, I'm a hugger. I like to, um, I like to hug my club members and my friends when I see them. I, I like to be close. I, I I like that connection, physical connection. It's been difficult when you're a hospitality company, as we are, um, to have these barriers put in front of you. Um, and it's it this this particular opportunity over the weekend, this past weekend, was a beautiful chance to to sort of um, Come out of hibernation, as it were, to come out of that cave and to and to see this group of wonderful people, uh, six groups of wonderful people, and to be able to to share again. We we hope that it continues. We hope that relative health continues, um, because there's nothing like being able to really share over a glass of wine what it means to be back together, what it means to to taste something that's delicious um and to be able to um give to somebody that thing that you've worked really hard on for their benefit and for your our benefit obviously so that was it was a great weekend um we're we're headed right into harvest we are looking at probably if 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 Current, you know, relatively recent past history holds. We're looking for harvest to start in about three weeks. Uh, Alberino from Lodi, from Terra Alta Vineyard, one of Bokush wineries, uh, organically farmed vineyards. Generally, the first week to second week of August. So we're 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 coming in uh, uh, hot and heavy on on harvest here soon there'll be a lot more of these kinds of conversations about how how harvest is proceeding. We did get, we do have a little bit of color, a little bit of verasion starting in, in our Sangiovese block uh, at the home ranch in Livermore, which is um, that's when the um the motor starts ticking over a little bit that's when the blood starts to pump a little bit faster the sludge that's been there over the winter time and through spring starts to heat up and starts to thin out and starts to move through the system um so it's exciting it's exciting to see that despite all of the challenges all of the pandemic challenges all of the challenges that we're seeing you know politically and the like um, one thing that's constant is these, these circles, these, um, these links in a long chain, the, uh, of, of thousands of years of, of harvest of, of bud break and the growth of shoots and the, the, the coming of the, the ripened berries and the making of wine. Nothing like that to kind of ground one in a sense of reality that is as deep as the center of the world. So that that's exciting stuff. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you're hope you're enjoying these musings. As always, if there's anything in particular you'd like me to talk about, if you want something practical, winemaking 101 wise, winemaking 201, whatever, uh, just let me know. I'd, I'd be happy to to give you my my thoughts on things. Stephen Kent Mirasu, wine saves lives. Thank you very much.